Evening West Tigers fans, welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by Holman Barnes Group, which includes West Ashfield Leagues, the best place to watch the game live and loud this Friday. Knock off work, head over to West Ashfield and have a few skewies as we take on the Melbourne Storm, the game we are previewing tonight. Our special, just waiting on our special guest from Melbourne or Melbourne Storm uh, podcast that he runs uh, to help us preview the show. Meanwhile, give us a follow at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Uh, shout out to the guys. If you've got any questions, guys, you've got about uh, probably half hour before we get into your any questions that you drop into the uh, the question channel and subscribe on YouTube. We hit 500 subscribers on YouTube, yay us. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe, turn notifications on YouTube. Uh, yeah, all, all episodes are up there. So uh, yeah, and shout out to everyone tuning in live now for a, uh, a Wednesday night. So uh, just a quiet day, so not not much to talk to, just a bit, just a bit of footy. To chat about fellas uh aaron coming in from orange new south wales how are you tonight mr thompson g'day josh g'day rob g'day everyone watching or listening um yeah had a bit of a rough day today but i'm here ready to talk some footy it's good that we've got an early game this week we can get our suffering out of the way nice and early <laughs> on weekend so yeah i i, don't, I always wondered is it a bad i've been thinking because it's been three sundays in a row is it a good thing to get it out of the way but it does kind of i mean the whole weekend you had a little bit of hope or do you want to rip the band-aid off and potentially uh potentially i mean if it is set up how good would the weekend be if we, we can actually pull off an upset so i mean maybe with no expectations against the storm yeah maybe it, it is good to get it out of the way but i mean if we win it sets up a great weekend but i don't know that's just one of my weird things but i am i am kind of keen for yeah getting it out of the way on a friday uh rob bashara coming in from the red room how are you tonight a lot better than monday night g'day guys g'day viewers listeners uh yeah i actually disagree with aaron I, i don't mind the sunday loss because i've had a good weekend up until then if we lose the risk of having a, a weekend ruined is, you know, pretty bad. I'm pretty miserable. As you could tell, Monday night, uh, I didn't really have much time to get over that loss. But, uh, yeah, look, it, it, everyone's different. So, whatever works for you guys. And we see all our regular... Oh, great to see all the regular faces and names in our comments already. Shouts to you guys tuning in live. Uh, we might as well hit the, uh, the elephant in the room first and my photoshop skills stayed up late last night putting this one together uh justin pasco if you didn't see on the socials today you might have seen our logo pop up we're not the only ones you might have seen it from someone else as well the mole uh wasn't quite as detailed as us but he's adamant that there's going to be a change in management at the west tigers he tweeted that out before we heard our uh, what we heard uh, from a different source, the uh, POM is pretty popular on the, uh, what do you call it, the forum. Uh, he's come out and said he has heard this is happening. So uh, people are adding at us and saying, hey, it hasn't happened yet. But yeah, but Rob 
it's not like it, these, these things. I mean, it's a big, big decision. It's not just um, uninviting someone from your birthday party. Like it's it's a it's a big, big deal, and it'll probably be eyes to eyes to dot lowercase j's to dot and t's to cross as well. Yeah. Look, firstly, we're going to have a lot of listeners that are going to be very upset with us if it doesn't come to fruition. <laughs> let me let me explain. Like, like what happened last night a little bit and then go back a little bit further to get to where we are. So as you guys know, the mole, uh, who's Tony Adams, uh, a reporter, basically put an ambiguous tweet saying there's going to be a change up at the top in the next few days. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Words to that effect. And I just kind of like laughed and, and basically commented on his tweet saying, you know, this is a good way to get likes and comments because I thought, what a load of crap. Because about two weeks ago, Justin Pascoe uh, had lunch on Majors Bay Road with Isaac Moses and Mitchell Moses. It was clear to see in public, you know, they're, they're talking. So the, the, the bit about Moses is going to come because Pascoe is going to make way originally kind of made sense. But when I knew that they'd met two weeks ago and they, and they did it in a public forum, I'm guessing from the Moses point of view, they wanted everyone to see that. So it gets back to Parramatta that he's still talking to the Tigers because obviously they could have held a meeting privately. So that made no sense to me that he was going away. And then literally an hour after the mole thing got tweeted, I get two people within the West Tigers organisation message me. I did not contact them. They messaged me. One of whom said he'd tried to check if it was true with other people within the organisation and they'd heard the same thing. Now I'm starting to think this thing's grown legs. And someone else who isn't with the organisation but is as good as being with them uh, basically told me a separate bit of information which isn't directly related to Justin Pascoe that kind of made sense and and I, I can't reveal it, but I mean, it would make sense if you knew what it was. And I just thought, wow, this is really happening. And I'm like, there's no way Pascoe or Hadjipentelis would ever leave from their own volition because we've got a powder puff board. They just say yes to everything they say. We've got no voting rights. They're not going anywhere. They're, they've got great... You know, jobs, they love what they do. They're shit at it, but they love what they do. It's not going to happen. But then I really got excited last night when I was just getting more messages, more messages. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, maybe they're all reading what the mole said or mm. they're all contacting each other. Anyway, I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. But you can tell just by the reaction from our fan base that <laughs> most people want it to happen. Like we, we, we can't wait for him to, you know, to leave. But I, I don't know if it's going to happen anymore, guys. So, like, personally, I just want to apologise for, you know, kind of running with it. But, like I said, I didn't seek this. I didn't believe it when the mole tweeted it. But once I started getting messages, I'm like, wow, is this really happening? Like, this would be just monumental and it'd be such a good thing. And it'd be the first step in a lot of steps that we need to do to fix up that front office because front office has been bad and our, and our results have been bad. And I think they correlate. So, look, that, that's where it's all at. You know, if we hear something in the next day or two, great. And if it doesn't happen, well, you know, it's not like we haven't been let down every week for the last 12 years, have we? <laughs> someone did, speaking of the mole, um, someone did post, he did tweet earlier because people are adding at him saying, why hasn't it happened yet? He said pretty much what we're saying now that we, we didn't expect it to happen quickly. He said... Uh, it's obviously taking some time. So the mole is still pretty adamant that it expects, whether or not you believe the mole, whether or not you believe us, who who knows? But 
um, well, we heard it. One other thing, Josh, and, and I'm sure most of the people know this. The mole gets his information directly from our head coach, Tim Sheens. That's where he's got this information. So if people want to go at anyone talking about leaks, we know Pasco's a leak. We know Lee's not a leak. He's just a big mouth. We know Sheens loves to talk. There's leaks everywhere. We may as well, we're not Concord, mate. We're Warragamba Dam. We're not, it's just so, the leaks are just huge. So you can't stop the leaks within this club. And like I said, I didn't even seek anyone out. And respectfully to, to my friends, they approached me like thinking I'd be excited by it, which I was. But like, I didn't even seek this information. It came to me from people within the club. So everyone talks, man. And I don't know, like maybe, like, like someone said on Twitter earlier, maybe someone's putting a feel out there to see who is leaking or who's spreading rumours or whatever. But yeah, look, it was just too good to be true, Josh. Show the West Tigers your support from West Ashfield this Friday, 24 March from 6pm when they go head-to-head against the Melbourne Storm from Amy Park in Melbourne. You can try the Garden's new bistro with mouth-watering game day favourites while you catch all the action live from their large screens. It's bigger and better. Visit holmanbarnesgroup.com.au for more information. Holman Barnes Group, bringing people together. we, We saw that as well. Uh, I, I saw that as well, the, the whole the fishing for leaks thing. And I think the yeah. club was trying to do that late last year as well. But of all things to throw out to, like, surely, wouldn't you throw out, like, a player signing or something a little less, like, to, to throw out that you, your boss, like, you're sacking, the boss is basically stepping down or, being let go that's a hell of a thing to throw out as bait like you it's a it's not throwing out bait that's throwing out a grenade really like it's look they're, they're never going to leave josh they're literally like like i'm not going to say what one of our tweeters said but unless something untoward happened to them they're not leaving mate they're on cushy jobs we've we've received the wooden spoon we're none out of three we're you know they're in charge of who they put on the coaching staff. Make your make your own judgment on how that's going after three rounds because we made significant signings. They're not going anywhere, mate. Unless they resign, they're not they're not leaving. We're we're stuck with these blokes, and we've got a pop gun board. The rest of the members on the board, you know, respectfully, our major sponsor is West Ashfield. To me, the only way our board would ever jack up at Lee and Justin is if our football department start losing money then West Ashfield would have to cough up, cough up money. Then shit's going to hit the fan. Then they'll start asking questions because it's costing West Ashfield money. As long as the West Tigers football department is sustainable by itself, I, I don't think things are going to happen. They, they'd love the Tigers to be doing well on the field, but at the end of the day, I don't think anyone really has the deep-down passion that a lot of us supporters have that are frustrated after 12 years. To use Lee's stupid phrase, the venom... You know, from you know that I vent with from my spleen. That's because <laughs> I'm sick of, I'm sick of, and we're all sick of it. But we're sick of just being a shit club. You know, we, we we've just lost to the worst club on the weekend. Like you look at the last five years, Canterbury's probably the worst club. We've made better signings than them, and we still lost. You know, and we get given mixed messages and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I just think a strong board, you have a strong club. You know, we, we look at the Roosters, we look at Melbourne Storm. Great managers, great coaches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know we keep rehashing 2005 and coming up with marketing ploys like Tigers DNA, excuse me, and all that sort of stuff. I just, I just think 
we're not gullible anymore. Like we want to believe it deep down and we want hope, but it's just not happening, guys. It's just it's just frustrating week after week after week. And you know, I'm hoping we get a win on Friday night, but I'm not holding my breath. DD Lodz in the comment, uh, GD Tiger also mentioned the the Moses thing because uh, the the word that Moses wouldn't play for Pasco uh, has been thrown around for quite a while. DD Lodz also said Chinese whispers. Is, I don't know, is can you say Chinese whispers anymore? Is that PC? I don't know, but that <laughs> no, that kind uh, that kind of suggests that it's been passed on to passed on it's not like your mother our mother's mailman's dogs like blah 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 we've heard it from literally within the club like it's not chinese whispers uh as we used to say uh back when you were allowed to say it that was a game of you'd whisper it down six to seven different ears to mouth and um yeah, and then Purple Monkey Dishwasher comes out the end. So I had to get my Simpsons quote in there. As well, uh, Josh, but, I was going to say too, like I'm, I'm sure Aaron, Josh, like yourself and me, we don't want to put out a rumour that Pasco is going to leave and then we find out it's a load of shit. How does that make us look? It makes us yeah. look terrible. So we're not we're not doing it to, you know, to, I don't know. I just I just think we're, we're passing on what we've heard and... Yes, I haven't got an agenda against Pasco, and I'd love to see him go, so I'm very excitable by that. But, yeah, we're going to have egg on our face if it doesn't come true. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe we can just be 0-13 and, and see how we go then. But, yeah, he's never going to leave, guys. It's just going to, you know, if you love the club, you'd, you'd, you'd nick off and let someone else have a go at it. But we're stuck with him. Right, let's get back to football, and I'll bring yeah. in... He's been waiting patiently... Uh, Gobs, as a, as a fan of the Melbourne Storm, like you obviously, I guess you went through a whole lot of stuff with the. Uh, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Welcome, by the way, Gobs, to the to the Thank show. You. Thank you very much. Uh, what's it like following a team that actually has their shit together? Like it must be, it must be nice. Well, well, just listening to you guys, then I was having a really, really bad week, um, losing two in a row. But uh, all of a sudden, I've gone from the shit house to the penthouse. <laughs> um, giving thanks that I, I am a Storm fan and member. So uh, thanks very much for that, Rob. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, it's it, it's funny, you know, like I was listening to, um, to Sports Day New South Wales this evening and they were talking about uh, the situation at St. George Illawarra uh, making uh, Hook Griffin reapply for his job if he wanted to. Yeah, I heard that. Sorry, and yeah. it's, it, it, it's almost like... The two joint venture clubs are trying to outdo each other for who's the biggest <laughs> basket case. It's like the West Tigers put their hand up and say, "Yeah, we're the game's biggest basket case," and then all of a sudden the Dragons go, "Hold my beer." Yes, yeah. it's, it's yeah, it's, and I, I think the frustrating thing for even uh, rival supporters um, uh, is that. The guys, or I should, I should say, the people that suffer the most are actually the fans and members. Yeah, you're not concocting this. You're not. You, your your hands are. You haven't got blood on your hands. It's it, the 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 inept um, results over the past decade have got to do with the, with the with the board and management. And it prior to West Ashfield coming in and and the West Magpies coming in and. 
controlling the franchise. I mean, even prior to that, with with the independent governance going back to the Marina Go days, etc., it was the fact that it, it, there just has never ever been that sort of stability um, in the front office, which sort of then has that trickle down effect, which then goes into the football department, into the commercial department, the membership department, etc. You look at all the the stable sporting organisations in, in the game at the moment, the Roosters, the Panthers, the Storm. Why? Because they've all got the shit together. They've had a stable board, a stable chairman, a stable CEO, a stable coach, etc. But in saying that too, you can bet your bottom dollar if, that, if they were going through a period of mediocrity and missing the finals for the past 10 or 11 years, heads would be rolling. And for no accountability to be, I suppose, being accepted by the administration at West Tigers um, when it's been called out from people within, uh, let's say, the ecosystem. Uh, and I refer to Shannon Cavanagh, the Western Suburbs Magpies Football Club chairman who's actually called them out and said, you need to take some accountability for the results over the past decade um, and then gets... <laughs> It's sanctioned by a kangaroo court and, and removed from his position. I mean, <laughs> it's just insane. Like, really, you can't you can't make this stuff up. So, I, I really I do feel for the fans and the members um, of of the West Tigers you, because at the end of the day, you guys deserve better. You deserve better on the field. You deserve better off the field. Yeah, I think you hit, you hit the nail on the head there too because you mentioned St George and you mentioned us. I mean, we're pandering to for us anyway. West Magpies fan, Balmain Tigers fans, the existing West Tigers fans that never even knew of those two clubs, St. George Illawarra, uh, St. George Dragons, I should say, Illawarra Steelers. Um, I, I will ask you one thing, which um, it's, a, it's a question without notice, but it's just to prove how shit we are as a club. We haven't made the finals for 12 years. When was the last time Melbourne Storm missed the finals? Was it when it was at the salary cap? Was yeah, that the salary cap? Which... Yeah, that's the that's the anomaly through the the 2010 okay. salary cap saga okay, where we so had take, to play for no points. Take that out. When was have you missed one prior to that? When was the last one you missed? Like that was because of the salary cap. When did you miss one prior yep. to that? 2002. Okay, so effectively 20 years, except for being sanctioned for being over the salary cap. 20 years in a row, you made the finals basically, and we've gone. We're in our 12th year of probably going to miss the finals. It's just, mm. it's just, you, you're literally bizarro West Tigers. You're the complete opposite of us. It's, it's just, it just shows you what a good organization looks like and what a bad one does. I got some half breaking news. So the West Tigers have just put out their, uh, so there's two, there's two factors to this. So the next ask, ask the boss is they've put out, leave your questions for Chris and Justin. So Chris Hyington is the next guest on Ask the Boss. Obviously, Justin Pascoe runs that they're asking for questions um they've spe- spelt Hyington wrong the club has spelt oh like that's like like we've discussed is chris is chris is chris Hen- unless chris henning is chris hennington oh, someone up is chris hennington they've written chris hennington is someone is is that someone that i've never heard is that, they, they mean chris Hyington, yeah surely they mean Hyington. they haven't had anyone yeah. that hasn't been they've had They've had Rob Farrar, they've had Tim Sheens, they've had uh, John Scandalis, and I think, uh, uh, what's his name, Paul Sirenen was on Ask the Boss this week. I don't think they'd have anyone that wasn't connected with uh, the club. Ciro, Ciro was on 
yeah. behind the roll, behind Sorry, the roll. behind the bar, I should say, behind the roll. Yeah. yeah, but just the guys. I know they listen to the show. You spelt the club legend's name wrong, but Justin, uh, it is a hard, it is a hard, tough tough name to spell. But man, get the point, mate. It's just yeah. there's no attention to detail within. He's an employee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all right. Sure, you can look it up, but um, but just the yeah the fact that uh, Justin Pascoe's got to do another interview. I don't know. That might be maybe they let him. Maybe he's going to be media manager. Maybe he's going to. Um, the only CEO in the NRL that has his own podcast. The only CEO. That's crazy. Who's yeah. the Melbourne CEO? I actually don't even know who's the current CEO. Justin Brodsky. He was okay. the chief commercial officer of the Essendon Bombers before taking over from Dave Don- Donaghy, who's now at the uh, Brisbane Broncos. Wasn't Pascal the Bombers back in the day? Where'd he come from? He was the AFL club. I think he was North Melbourne. Okay. Oh, I knew it was a red team there. I was half right. Mm. Um, are you in Melbourne, Gobs? Do you live in Melbourne? That, well, let's We'll get more on your story. What's... um. What's your story in terms of becoming a Melbourne Storm fan? Obviously, not a rugby league heartland. So, are you a Melbourneian, born and raised? No, I'm born and bred in uh, Southwest Sydney. Um, I'm currently living in the Macarthur area, which oh, West no. Tigers have abandoned. We lost. We lost you. Well, I uh, I was a magpie. I was a magpie. I still am a magpie. I just, wow. um, I'm not a West Tiger. Um, when you grow up supporting Western Suburbs and cheering magpies all your life, and then all of a sudden you get told by the governing body, you now have to cheer Tigers, didn't sit well with me. Uh, so I was in the rugby league wilderness for a while um, and found refuge in, in the storm. So And I they won I the comp. The, they they happened to win the comp. I used, I used the phrase, uh, oh, no, it was a few years after that because I was still pretty bitter. So I didn't okay. automatically become a, a Storm fan in 99. It was a, a good uh, 10 years after that. But, um, yeah, no, I literally when they went won the comp. supporting the Magpies. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then, lost, then, then, then lost their comps. So, um, yeah. But uh, that, that actually, um, that steeled me to become a member, um, that, that salary cap. That's when I did, uh, I really sort of thought, well, you know what, I'm, I'm not just dipping the toe in. I'm, I'm going to be all wow. in this. And, um, yeah, it's... Um, since then, I've been an, I'm a non-conformist by nature. Um, I couldn't bring myself to support another Sydney Sydney team or a New South Wales club. Didn't really like the Broncos. Um, uh, didn't like the Warriors, etc. So I just thought, you know what? I don't mind the colour purple. I don't mind the colour <laughs> navy. I like the cut of that Craig Bellamy jib. Um, <laughs> and um, I, 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 I really, really liked... Um, the style of play that Cooper Cronk played with. He wasn't the, the most blessed with talent, but, geez, I tell you what, he squeezed a lot out of, of, of the, the limited talent he did to forge a career. And um, that work ethic really appealed to me as a as a rugby league fan. And I suppose over, over a period of time, it just felt like a natural fit. I found myself starting to, to watch every game and starting to get disappointed when they weren't winning or uh, their performances weren't up to scratch. And I thought, I think this could be the start of a, of a, of a beautiful relationship. And that's it, that's how it sort of organically happened. And um, they deprived Parramatta of a premiership in 2009. I thought, you know, that, 
they're okay with this mob. Um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, then um, the, the events of uh, the 22nd of April 2010 happened. And I thought, wow, okay, well, they're going to need – they're going to need their supporters and they're going to need their members more than ever. Uh, I'm all in. So that's about it. But um, I, I originally was a Magpie supporter. My, my family was born and bred in Belmore. They're all Canterbury Bankstown fans. Um, mm. My dad tried ardently to try and turn me into a Bulldog. Um, but my grandfather, who hailed from Leeton, moved to Strathfield. And the local team back then was Western Suburbs and became a Magpie supporter and he's... His favourite player was Keith Holman, um, and when I was born, um, I worshipped uh, my grandfather to the point where he said, how about you cheer for the Maggies? Uh, and I did, and it was amazing. So they made the finals in 91. I thought, hey, they're not bad, this small. They made mm-hmm. the finals in 92. Um, lean year 93, lean year 94, 95, Tommy came to the club, and that's I suppose the the outset of the Super League War, um, and I was what twelve um, at that period of time, and that's when I was really, really starting to get interested in, I suppose, not only the product on the field but the product offered as well, because you start to realise that, you know, what the actual game is, and um, just the corporate, commercial business side of things, and the professionalism that that the Super League War brought brought about. I, I was completely invested. Uh, in all of that, um, very loyal ARL man at that point in time because obviously that's mm. where Western Suburbs played. But um, in that competition, in the establishment of uh, of the game, but um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. You look back now and um, as an adult, you think, well, the premise of, of, of Super League, uh, whilst I think the, uh, the vision, uh, which is a word that I know is... Um, condemned by many, but I, th- I think the vision and the strategy um, was spot on. I just think the execution was poor. And if they had their time again, I mean, a lot of it was around about Kerry Packer and the uh, not relinquishing the, the pay television rights and the whole thing could have been avoided. I mean, the ARL went to a 2010 competition not to not to persist with 20 teams in 1995, but to see natural attrition take its course and see clubs um, sort of fall on their own sword, similar to what we saw with um, Newtown, etc. Um, so it would have been interesting to see how the game did play out and if the Magpies would have survived um, through that period of time. Um, the cynic in me says no, but who knows? We'll, ne- we'll never know. That's all fish and chip paper now. And they now find themselves involved uh, in a joint venture with Balmain and um, strange bedfellows. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of envy you a little bit. I mean, we got one premiership out of it, but you've probably had a much uh, happier, happier time the last twenty, what is it, twenty three <laughs> years, I guess. So, yeah, uh, they've done remarkably well, and I think it comes back to that sound administration, um, which you spoke to before. So you obviously keep being a West West man. Do you obviously keep an eye on the West Tigers more? than the other 15 teams outside of Storm and the Melbourne Storm? Yeah, I'm a financial football club member of of the Western Suburbs Magpies. Um, I've always maintained my membership. Um, West Ashfield member as well. So I do have a vested interest 
in um, in Western suburbs from that perspective. So I do have um, some interest in in the machinations, shall we say, of, of the uh, of the machinery of of what is West Tigers. Um, I was fortunate enough to fill a vacancy back in 2010 to be associate director of the Western Suburbs Football Club. Mm. And at that point in time, um, they didn't have any HR, they didn't have any human resources, they didn't have anyone running the club, and I ended up becoming the general manager of, of the Magpies for a oh, three-year wow. period uh, from 2010 to, two, uh, to 2013. Um, and that was that period where... Um, Balmain obviously were struggling financially and they were all in on trying to streamline and have one brand uh, to save costs. Hence, the New South Wales Cup team became a West Tigers team. The Jersey Flag team became a West Tigers team. Um, so that was a real sort of period of upheaval, um, a little bit of restructuring, instability, etc. And it was all around... Well, it really depends on what side of the fence you're on. From a Western suburbs perspective, it was more about trying to dissolve the history and, and um, focus all in on, on that West Tigers brand. Whilst from a Balmain angle, it was like, well, we can't afford to have our own junior reps now because we've got no money. Um, so we're happy to become uh, a West Tigers. So even that still had its issues in and around that. So it was a very difficult time. Um West Ashfield made it extremely difficult for the, for the Magpies Football Club uh, by freezing funds, by reducing funding. Um, we were running on the smell of an oily rag. Uh, week to week was, was 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 a real big struggle, so we had to be frugal uh, as a board of management at the football club at that point in time. So uh, I learnt a lot uh, about the politics of West Tigers back then. Uh, I learned a lot about um, management and leadership and i think that's whilst uh, hindsight's one of the things i look back now and i was quite proud of what i was able to achieve there over the over those couple of years but um i think it's definitely um it's definitely presented uh, a platform uh for for personal uh and professional development from from a from a career perspective anyway, I took a lot of learnings out of that. And I suppose if you can sort of come out and survive uh, rugby league administration, it's it sort of, uh, it preps you for, for other challenges in life. And uh, since then I've gone on and working in government. Now I'm in the private sector and that's a walk in the park as a pair <laughs> compared to dealing with the, uh, the politics of rugby league. Uh, got a question from plenty, plenty of people loving what you're, Doing goals, you got you on the perfect. Obviously, playing the Melbourne Storm this week, but it, um, it's kind of kind of ironic we got you on this week. So perfect time. Uh, Julia Tiger, our old friend Julia Tiger. Thanks for coming back this week uh, or this episode, mate. He's asked. He says, as a fellow Westie, are you surprised how sparse the West Tigers brand is out this way? Talking about, uh, he says it's virtually non-existent in the Macarthur. It's, you said before they basically abandoned the area do you feel like the west tigers don't do enough out that way absolutely absolutely um you can't claim to be the representative team and franchise of this region when you're not based here you can't blow into town three times a year play at campbelltown and then all all of a sudden expect the community of the macarthur region uh 
to turn up and support you when you're not supporting them and you're not being you're not being within the community you're not based in the community um there's you have a you know one or two signings a year at macarthur square and all of a sudden that makes you the people's team really a couple of school clinics maybe mm. a captain's run like no, you, you've got to you've got to have a presence. You've got to have a visibility, and they, they haven't had one here for two decades. Um, you know, there, there was promises made uh, when when they established the joint venture deed back in 1999, um, and that virtually got kiboshed. Uh, again, politics played a role in that, um, and to the detriment. That's what's sort of seen the, I suppose the the brand of, of the West Tigers erode in this area. Now I've got, I've got cousins, um, that coach and play in the district and hardly any of those kids in the, the Camden area, the Campbelltown area, the Liverpool area, none of them are West Tigers fans. James Tedesco was one of them. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know, and you just think, None of them are West Tigers fans. And why would you want to be a West Tigers fan when the the club, the team, is not based in the area or doesn't have a presence in the area? It's To me, it's an absolute disgrace because you look at the MacArthur region from a demographic perspective, right? So by 2036, you've got the MacArthur... The MacArthur region's made up of three municipalities, three local government areas. You've got the Wollandilly Shire, Camden and Campbelltown. That's going to be home to over 600,000 people by 2036. That's over half a million people. Why wouldn't you want to base yourself in that growth region? It has the capacity, Josh, to be bigger than Penrith. Let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. it It has a nursery that can be bigger than Penrith. It's got infrastructure that's coming online in terms of metros and um motorways um you know you've got you've got that big economic catalyst um which is the western sydney airport which is creating so much growth and investment into into this part of the world in the western parkland city um and when you've got infrastructure coming online you've got a burgeoning population uh and a young population at that with a lot of young families you would, you know, every other every other sporting franchise in the world would kill to be in the West Tigers' position to basically harness that. And instead, they build a seventy-five million dollars center of excellence in the inner west that has a barber shop in it. That'll do, <laughs> me. <laughs> I love it, God. Keep giving it, mate. I'm, I'm loving this. The uh, yeah, gobs just. Not sure, how, like how how much you know of our show. So, uh, Rob and I uh, previously. About main fans before the merger, as a little bit too young to even remember either. Uh, so he wasn't Balmain or Magpies. But Rob and I, being Balmain blood, like my grandfather's grew up in Balmain, Rob and his dad, Balmain tragics as well. We totally agree with you. We think the MacArthur absolutely is the future. And like, we're, our, our hearts obviously, like at Oval, is a, that little bit more special to us but we 100% we've said on the show number 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 of times that Campbelltown should get the majority of the games and then there are people that come out and say 
look at the crowd numbers and that sort of thing. But as you're kind of alluding to, Gobs, you got to build it. We've got to build it and they will come. I think that's in the, is that in the Bible? I think that's in the Bible. Uh, get out there. The and, the Bible? Uh, yeah, I don't know where it came from. But basically, we've got to, you've got to get out there and, yeah, that area is just huge. And the fact that, I mean, I will say with when it comes to kids, I think the big thing with kids these days, they like winners. The the jerseys that I see uh, mostly on kids' backs are Ronaldo. Like, they love superstars. LeBron James, they all like... Kids liked winners, this generation. They're not like uh, my generation where they go through their whole schooling life suffering as a Tigers fan and keep keep getting through. There's not, not much loyalty... And there's so many different options for them too. Like the fact that they can watch overseas sports as well, their attention, they want to go for winners. So the, I think the West Tigers need to win and start winning, give them something to cheer for and um, and be a presence out there more so as well. We, we can't all just rely on kids like Lockie who are just diehard West Tigers fans through and through. Uh Anything, anything else you want to touch on there, Rob? There's so many people, people are loving you, Gobs, in the in the comments. So, I think I, I, just so Gobs knows, like obviously we're Balmain people, but you know we've done surveys on this show. I've pretty much said what Gobs has said to the point where fellow ex-Balmain supporters have had a go at me for saying because I actually said all games should be at Campbelltown. We need to redevelop mm. stadium there and have one fortress. Yeah. And then I've kind of got around to, okay, you know what, if we've got to pander a little bit to, to my crowd, let's go nine and three or eight yeah, and I th- or some breakup. But the truth is, guys, we need a home base. And we discussed it pre-season, Josh. I was trying to say to you that, you know, how do you get attached to the team? Because I tried to say to you when it was a Sydney comp, I got to Leichhardt every second week as a Balmain supporter. And then if I wanted to go see the Tigers, I could go to Redfern Oval, North Sydney Oval, yeah. or more Colgrove. Like, it was still relevant. But they haven't had a game at Campbelltown yet. Like, there hasn't even been a game there. So how are they supposed to get emotionally attached? Yeah. I accept what you're saying about that following winners, but I also don't buy it. You've mentioned Lockie. I'll mention someone else who got up following losers, and that's me because <laughs> my first memory of, of rugby league is... Dad went on his first holiday back home to Lebanon in 69, and we never saw the, the Balmain Premiership. So my memory of Balmain was from 1970 onwards, and, mate, the 70s were barren. I think we made a, a playoff four-fifth in 1974 or five. We made the finals in 77. I think we made the finals in 79, and then it was just sparse till 1983. And then the 80s, I think we pretty much only missed 84 after the 83 finals. But, like, I grew up on a losing mentality, but I didn't care, like... They were the Tigers. They were my team. I still had my favourite players. I was there with my dad, buying a hot dog, having a drink, bonding with my family. Like, so you just got to have a presence. And oh, I've just lost you guys. But you've just got to have a presence there and just let, let people want to know that it's their team. And, I mean, Gobs can probably say more than this, but I actually think South Sydney have got a bigger presence in the MacArthur area than we do. And <clears throat> we've mentioned it before. We've lost, we've, we've lost amazing talent like... Israel Folau, Jared Hayne, Ryan Hoffman went with gobs to Melbourne. <laughs> you know, like we've, mm. we've lost some really talented players from the MacArthur region. So, mm. like you said, 600,000 people by 2036. What are we doing stuck in an inner city area and, and, and having an – like, look, if we're going to have two centres of excellence, that's great. But, like, every decision we make, Josh, we're behind the eight ball. Like, mm. every decision we 
that seems blatantly obvious. We just seem to be, and it's look, it's not easy to get government funding and all that sort of stuff. It was always going to be easier for Pasco and, and his cronies to get Concord approved before Campbelltown. But look, they've said in the last 12 months that they are looking at that area. They're looking at either a redeveloped Campbelltown or a stadium at Liverpool at the Canterbury site. The problem with the Canterbury site is if we become co-owners with them, we're going to be paying a lot of rent. So financially, it's not really viable for us. But we need to go all in on something. We can't. We're not Balmain Tigers, mate. We're not West Magpies. If you if you if you don't think we're West Tigers, then do what Gobbs did and go for Melbourne. If you can't accept not being a Magpie and you can't accept not being Balmain, get over it. It's not changing. Yeah. But we we need to bite the bullet for our own future because it's just it's we're, we're going nowhere, guys. We've got six home grounds. Hmm. We've discussed all this before. It's just terrible. Right, let's talk about the game itself. Gobs, didn't expect that. It's like, uh, yeah, an awesome, awesome discussion. Really, really enjoyed that. Okay, back to back to being enemies instead of uh, agreeing with each other. Let's talk <laughs> okay. talk about Friday. Uh, West Tigers team list for Friday, six p.m. against the Melbourne Storm. So Adam Dwayhe slash Dewey is at fullback. Charlie Staines and Junior Tupo on the wings. Brent Naden and Asu Kepa'owa has been moved back into the centres. Brandon Wakeham is wearing the six. Luke Brooks is wearing the seven still. Uh, a lot of people got angry that we that I tweeted out that uh, Luke Brooks kept the seven jersey. That wasn't meant to be. A few people come out and said we're being Brooks bashers. I mean, hello, I started Brooks Island. And secondly, I... Th- we said that I said that as in I thought Brooks would be moved to the six and Brandon Wakeman would be the seven, but they're just numbers. Let them choose their own numbers, as I said. Who cares about the numbers? Uh, in that back line, Gobbs is there. Is there something there? It's, it's a very weak. I think our four pack is definitely our stronger suit. Is there any any part of that back line that you feel like would um, might? Might get it. Uh, might strike a bit of fear into your guys because you are a little bit down on on troops at the moment. Yeah, I, I said on my podcast last week we're starting to resemble an episode of Mash. Um, for those, for those. I'm starting to realize. I'm starting to realize you're closer to Rob's age than you are mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm an I'm an 83 model. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, no, you're closer to me. Five years ago. Yeah. 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 No, but um. Look, I, I was actually at Belmore um, on Sunday, so I got to see I got to see West Tigers up close and personal. Um, and I don't know if it was the the Bulldogs putting the queue on the rack, um, but it just sort of coincided with Wakeham coming onto the field and really started sparking the attack of of West Tigers. Uh, that's definitely one um, area I think that is probably going to potentially cause the storm a bit of trouble. Um, it sort of allowed Luke Brooks to just to worry about running the ga- running the ball as opposed to trying to organise and get the team around the field, which is not his strong suit. Hasn't been his strong suit for a decade, but obviously some people at Concord believe it is. Um, they're better judges than us, I suppose. No, they're not. Tongue, tongue <laughs> firmly planted in cheek, Rob. Um, yeah, good. Glad you but said that. Look, I think I think. Um, to me, I think re- removing Dewey from the halves is a good thing. Um, I don't actually don't think he's a five-eighths bootlace. Um, I don't think he's a half. I think at best he's probably a centre. I don't actually 
doesn't instill me with a lot of fear at a full, as a fullback either. Um, Charlie Staines, whilst he has a bit of pace and, and speed, um, I think he def- definitely could probably be a target de- uh, defensively uh, just due to his size. I don't mind Naden. I think Naden is a big body. I think he's got a lot of he's got a lot of potential. Um, but again, it's it's one of those things where you can be a strike center, but it's hard to it's hard to fly, you know fly like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. So <laughs> it's it's really about him having the opportunities to sort of thrive in that regard. I mean, he's he's good in broken field um, because because of his speed, but. I, I don't know. I, I, I just like the look of Wakem. Um, I think he, he was an astute signing, albeit an 11th hour signing by West Tigers. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, he got his opportunity last week and he grabbed it with both hands and you know nearly pulled a rabbit out of the hat, so to speak, in terms of call, causing a massive ball over at Belmore. So um, I think Wakem is is the definite threat in that back line for mine. Okay. That's crazy. He's but he's the lowest paid one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to our four pack, so uh, definitely it's a strong looking four pack. So basically, all our guys for the first time playing together. So Stefano and Clemmer uh, still front row. Appy obviously at nine. Isaiah Papa Lee is back, and John Bateman is in the twelve. So having those two guys playing alongside each other for the first time, Fanua Pole gets the uh, lock position at the back. Um, yeah, Gobs, we it's been a while, but that's a four pack that I'm that we're pretty proud of as West Tigers fans and have high hopes for. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I'm a I'm a big fan of um, of Pole. I think the the sky's the limit for him. Um, he is actually a Melbourne Storm junior. He's a Victorian born and bred. Um, mm. So it's good to see it's good to see a, a Victorian and a Melbourneian um, doing well in the NRL. Uh, unfortunately, he's not wearing purple. But again, it's it's one of those things that go goes to show that that there are there are green shoots and there are juniors that are coming through from the NRL Victoria system. So Yeah, it's um, cool. I'll be Yeah, it is very much so. I thought Bateman last week was um was extremely competitive. Um and I think that's gonna continue to show he, he's just a winner. He competes on everything. Um so if that sort of attitude can is going to be infectious, hopefully it will be for, for the for West Tigers. Hopefully that, that spreads like wildfire, and they can all sort of um, dip into what to what he's uh, to what he's about because he, he just competes on everything. Uh, Papali'i is a uh, speaks for itself. Um, the last couple of years at the Eels, he's, he's shown what sort of quality back rower he can be. Um, he's got the capacity, obviously, to play on an edge as well as a middle, but um, I think he's definitely more potent on on an edge and. Um, Stefano Utikamanu uh, and Clemmer up, up front. Um, I mean, that's a menacing menacing front row with uh, a lot of size. Um, and then you've Cor- Cor- Coruscant on, on the back of that. Um, one of the things I, th- I think with Coruscant is that I think the last couple of weeks you've, you've seen the frustration um, in him. And, uh, again, 
I think fans have got to give some time to be a little bit patient in terms of that connectivity and cohesiveness that he's still he's still building combinations not only with his forwards but also with the halves. Um, but in saying that too, I, I suppose the, the comparison that can be made is that, well, the Bulldogs aren't having the same issues with Reed Marnie. So... To, Nor are the to Dolphins. What to me, <laughs> exactly. So to what that says to me as, as an onlooker is that I think the sooner the sooner virtually Sheens gets them all in a room and says, this is Zappi's team, you do what he says and you go with him, the better because you can see you can see that's obviously been Serrato, Serrato and Bennett's um, influence on, on their number nines because Marnie, Marnie controls everything at, at Canterbury and and you've seen that at the Dolphins with with Jerry Marshall King who looks like an absolute absolute world beater. So I think obviously everyone knows how good uh, Appy Corusel is as, as a nine, um, but at the moment he's probably their best halfback option as well. He controls everything from the ruck. But at the moment, no one's no one's plugged in. No one's plugged into him, but no one's connected into him. So I think the sooner the sooner they can get that sort of continuity going, that that's only going to come with time, right? That's only going to come with reps at training um, and that 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 speed in, in game game time simulation. Uh, and you only get that by playing more together. So I think there just needs to be a little bit of patience um, with with their attack in that regard too. So I don't think it's dire by any stretch of the imagination. They've got a pack there that can roll down field with ease. They showed that on the weekend against Canterbury. They were they managed to get into good ball and into the Bulldogs red zone, but they just couldn't they just couldn't complete complete their sets with poor kick uh, last tackle options, poor kicking options, etc. So I think it's um, there's a lot of upside with that. Um, with that forward pack, and you know, forwards win matches, as they say, and they create the opportunity for, for your outside your outside backs to to get all the spoils and all the plaudits. But um, yeah, no, that, that's probably the best West Tigers looking pack that I've seen in quite a number of years. So plenty of upside for for West Tigers in that regard. Uh, onto our bench, Dane Laurie in the fourteen jersey. Uh, as I'll get, I'll get you to comment on that in a second. Alex Twole in the 15. My gosh, Sean Bloor in the 16. Alex Safarth in the 17. Stafford Toa is the 18th man. Outside the uh, 22-man squad, Joe Offen-Gowie, Justin Matamua, David Nofaluma, and Jakey Simpkin. Uh, as uh, a fullback off the bench, decipher that for me. What's, what's Sheens's... What's the genius on this one? Yeah, just a bit of bit of Sheen's ball there, I think. I honestly don't know why Dane's on the bench. I would much rather see Jake Simpkin. I'm thinking it's quite possible there could be a bit of a late switch there if Jake has um if Jake ends up recovering well um from his concussion a couple of weeks ago. Um if he goes well at the captain's run tomorrow, I think we might see him come in instead. I don't know, just it just strikes me as a bit strange because Dane doesn't really have a lot of utility potential. He's mm. he's a fullback. He, he could probably slot in anywhere else in the backs, um, but I don't really see him as that player that can fill the sort of gaps that a player like Jake would be able to 
um, Phil. And the other big surprise for me is the the dropping of Joffa while Alex Seyfarth stays in. That was a that was a surprise for me too. Rob, is there a possibility of something like Dane to five eight Brooks to Hooker give Appy a rest? Like what is what? What's your prediction with that this one? Look, it's a really hard one to decipher, Josh. Uh, we've got to remember, Dane Laurie was meant to be out with an injury last week, so he wasn't dropped. So the fact that Dane Laurie doesn't come back into fullback immediately shows you that Adam's held in higher regard than Dane. There is a potential of that late sheensy switch before the game where Laurie starts and everything you know, becomes a little bit, bit of a sheensy shuffle. I, I really don't know. I agree with Aaron. Like, obviously, Dane Laurie is not a 14 for me. I'd rather have Jake Simpkin there. But maybe the plan is to see how Adam goes at fullback, how Wakeham and Brooks combined. And, you know, look, no offence to our religious people up there, but, you know, <laughs> Luke Luke Brooks could make Jesus from Nazareth look bad. Okay, so I, I, I'm not sort of pinning my hope, hopes on Wakeham looking good with Brooks. I need, I need Wakeham to make Brooks look good. I want... Even though he's got number six on his back, we need Wakeham controlling the play. As as we said on Monday, Wakeham and um, and Dewey can combine really well. So I don't know how to decipher that. I'm I'm mystified by Safarf, although Joffa's form hasn't been great. Maybe Joffa hasn't, you know, he hasn't had that full preseason. He's had that calf injury, so maybe he's just not 100 percent right. That's just a little bit of a give him a bit of a rest, let him have a bit of a wake up, and know that you know he's not an automatic selection in the 17, but. Who knows how Sheens is thinking? I, I, I don't get this, but I, I will guarantee one thing. If we run out with that starting 13, Laurie comes in for a shuffle. Laurie will go to fullback, and then it's the Sheensy shuffle. So Adam comes off, or Adam goes into the halves, and, and one of our starting halves comes off. I just don't see Laurie coming on as a hooker, and I don't see Laurie playing as a 5'8", and he's definitely not a middle. So, look... <laughs> They're supposed to know more than us, mate, so let's just see how it goes. It could it could be mind games, but at the same time, Tim Sheen said in the press conference post-game, he really liked what Adam did talk-wise behind the line, and he wanted to go with those halves. So if he's, if he's sticking to what he said in the press conference, we should line up as he said, but who knows? I mean, it's just, it's just not what we'd expect. Gobbs, is there any, uh, any names in this bench that surprise you the way obviously we've talked a lot about Dan Laurie in the 14 uh yeah obviously David Nofaluma a few people have asked us a few there's like heaps and heaps of comments coming through about Noffa's going back to Melbourne rumor what did you think of Noffa while he's at the storm I'm starting the campaign to bring him back to Melbourne Wow! So I started the hash, I started the hashtag today. So um, now he's he's very highly thought of uh, by everyone within the Melbourne Storm organisation. Talking about the administration, the the coaching department, um, and the players, um, and he he was fantastic during his six game stint with with the Storm last year. And um, again, having a Nofaluma and a Coates, two big bodies, great runners of the ball on the on the flanks, uh, get your set started really really well. Um, I, I'd, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. And, I mean, if I know David Riccio from uh, the News Corp Press was on NRL 360 last night. He's already actually asked the Storm the question, would they entertain the idea of walking him, him back? And they said the door is open. 
they said ideally we'd like a uh, a, mid- a middle forward, but um, if there was an opportunity for Nofaluma to come to come back, he'd be welcome to. So that goes to show you the the impression that um, that he left in Melbourne when he was down there. Um, and again, if if it was a situation where I think he's got a year and a half to go now on his contract with West Tigers, if, two and a half. If that two and a half. If that if if West Tigers picked up the phone to the Storm and said, hey, listen, we'll pay half, you pay half, I, I think I, I could definitely mm-hmm. see that that being the situation. Um, obviously, he's on the outer, he's on the nose um, at West Tigers. I think that was rather clear last year when he was dropped to reserve grade and he was languishing playing for the Magpies um, in New South Wales Cup. So if he was to end up in Melbourne as a Storm fan and as a Storm member, I'd be I'd be cheering um, so, um, and this weekend, I'm glad he's not there, to be honest. Um, I'm glad I'm, I'm reading Charlie Staines' name there as opposed to, to David Nofaluma because knowing the, the, uh, the handful that he can be, um, I definitely think he would have been up for the challenge as well, returning to Melbourne. So, um, to me, that's a good thing. But, um, yeah, just doubling down there, I'd, I'd love to see Nofa back in Melbourne. Uh, personally, and I know a lot of Storm fans and members would as well. Just to um, to your point, Rob, about Dane Laurie, I've got two schools of thought there. Sure. One is that obviously the head knocks and the concussion issue at the moment, I think we're starting to see more teams play with an outside back on the bench just in case of losing a player to HIA for the game. Yep. And that, that Laurie's got the capacity to play right across the back line there. Um, my second school of thought is that I do remember reading and hearing in the preseason that Dane Laurie was playing a lot, uh, training a lot at halfback. And Five eight, yeah. Training a lot in the halves, yeah. Mm. So if that's the situation, and all of a sudden, could we potentially see Laurie come into the halves, Brooks go to the bench, or Brooks even go to hooker in Coruscant given a spell? So yes, yeah, my, my thing there, uh, Gobs would have been. I, like, if you were going to do this, I would have started with mm. Brooks at 14. Um, I accept that Laurie played a little bit of wing when he hurt his knee a couple of weeks ago. But personally, mm. I don't believe Laurie can play wing or centre. He's too no, small. He's, not, no. he, he's too small. He's not fast enough. He's not safe enough under the high ball. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, re- I really feel he's either a fullback. He could definitely play as an attacking 5'8", but I don't think yes. he can handle the defence gobs. So... No, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, you've got more confidence in Dane Laurie than I do. But I, I agree with what you're saying about David Nofaluma, by the way, in terms of Melbourne Storm stuff. I, I love Nofa. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he's great. But for us, honestly, Gobbs, I think his mm-hmm. time's up. He, he, he has a penchant of, of coming off his wing too much. He's a great runner yeah. of the ball, but he's not safe under the high ball. The, the one strength of the Melbourne Storm is any player that comes into your system, once they've learnt the intricacies of their position properly. Yeah. Um, they're great players. And even though, like, I'm, I'm sure you'll probably end up with Nofaluma, I think he'd benefit a lot more from having a full preseason with you because you'd probably remember you probably remember in last year's semi-final, you guys had him on the left wing as opposed to the right wing. And I, I can't remember who your fullback was at the time. It might not have been Pappenhausen, but he went for a ball that wasn't his in a, in a, in a bomb contest. And, and yeah. they're little things where had he had a preseason... He would have known that wasn't his ball to be catching, so yeah. I just think with, with a, a Melbourne Storm coaching structure, and I'm not disrespecting the Tigers, but 
I don't know what our structure is, really, to be fair, but everyone's a better player at Melbourne until they leave Melbourne. I mean, Nico Hines might be a little bit of an exception, but I don't think his form improved. I just think he's got a more integral role with Cronulla. But very rarely do you see a Melbourne Storm player leave Melbourne and become a better player. So you guys have got all the systems in place and and it's it's probably the best club to really do your upbringing because you just create great footballers. Like average footballers go to Melbourne, they know their role and suddenly, you know, they can demand better money than what we thought they were worth. Yeah, and, and to your point too, where you had someone like Nate Miles who was signed mid-season in, in 2017. Now, we all know Nate Miles, played for Australia, played, you know, multiple games for, for Queensland, won premierships, um, you know, stellar career. When the Storm signed him in 2017, he was he was interviewed a few weeks after arriving the Storm, and they said, "Oh, what's your first impressions?" And he said, "I know nothing about rugby league." He said, "I'm, I'm actually," he said, "I'm actually learning. I'm, you know, after everything I've done in my career, I'm actually now learning about what what it takes to play the game, which goes to what it goes to show in terms of the education down there that they do get. It's oh, it yeah. is completely." You just have to listen to Cooper Cronk, you know, even on, on yeah. Matty John's podcast last night, mm. you know, talking talking about the Adam uh, Dewey intercept and, and how yeah. Toa was running the wrong line. And, and, and he could yep. say, he was saying, like, how players were out of position. He said, I could show you 10 videos of where the mm. Tigers players are all standing out of position. Then he points out two identical Cronulla plays where one's yep. a cutout ball uh, to Jesse Ramian for a try. And Canberra expecting the same thing that the next time they set up the same way and he goes short to Nakora and Nakora scores. And, and you, you were saying, like, I, I think you're selling Cooper Cronk short because maybe he slowed down at about 35 or 34. I think he was talented. I think he's the smartest footballer that ever played the game and he's the best halfback I've ever seen. Because, of course, if he's got the players around him, he's the greatest game manager rugby league has ever seen. So, And when I listen to him on the Matty Johns podcast or, or anything for that matter... I'm constantly learning new information. Mm-hmm. I do not learn anything from all these other gibberers. But when Cooper Cronk speaks, you listen. He's just he's a our to- football brain. He's our Tony Romo in the really uh, NFL. He really is. Mm. Yeah. No, but, Rob, I completely concur. I, I was just using that as an example in saying he wasn't a gifted you know, athlete in terms of his ability. What I was referring to was more of the fact that he wasn't blessed with the 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 God-given talent that someone like Jonathan Thurston had. But yeah. what I was yeah. saying is that he milked he milked everything out of his body. Yeah. And the amount of the work ethic that he put in in terms of learning to become a halfback, no no other no other person in rugby league history has ever been able to do that. To yeah. be a twenty-four year old and then all of a sudden say, "Hey, here, go be a halfback." where he, he didn't come through as a halfback and he had to learn that role. Absolutely amazing. And to, uh, to, to my point, um, he, is, he is my favourite all-time player to the fact that I've actually got his last uh, ever Melbourne Storm jersey, which was played in the 2017 wow. Grand Final, which still has the grass stains on it. So That's awesome. Um, That's insane. Yeah, I, saw, I, I, did sell, I, I sold a kidney. Um, and another body part, which I'm not going to reveal on this podcast, but um, <laughs> but uh, it was it was worth every penny. It was worth every penny, and um, yeah, um, I know I know he he's uh, uh, much maligned by a few of the Melbourne Storm fans for not being a one club player, but 
everything he did at the Storm, he helped put that club on the map down there with the other the other members of the big three. Um, so I don't have a bad word to say about him, and I absolutely love him. And same to you, mate, in terms of every time he speaks, you listen, because every time he opens his mouth, you learn something new. Yeah, agree. God, imagine if, imagine if West Tigers fans hated every player that went and played for another club. Black Gobs just said they do with Cooper Cronk. We literally hate half the league and every Fox Sports article about them. Uh, right, let's get on to your fellas, Gobs. So Nick Meany is yep. named at fullback. Will Warbrick and uh, Xavier Coates on the wing. Uh, Remus Smith and Justin Olam in the centres. Cam Munster uh, named at 5'8", and Jerome Hughes named at halfback. Now, that this was obviously... Tuesday's teamless. Jerome Hughes has failed his appeal. He's out for this game and one more, Gobbs. Is that right? Yes. Uh, so he, he rolled the dice. Um, I actually, I thought they had to fight it. I thought, I, I, I personally thought that uh, if, they, if they did dispute the, the grade, um, that potentially they could get it down to a grade one and he could have accepted a fine. Um, but again, it's 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 a it's a lottery, isn't it? With with the judiciary, some sometimes yeah. you go in there and you, you think you've got a compelling case, and you come out you 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 come out with more, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, and both Kafusi and, and Hughes last night uh, got an extra week on, on terms of their original charges. So yeah, that's disappointing because we don't only lose Hughesy for for the clash with West on um, on Friday night, we actually lose him. Uh, next week against South Sydney as well, so that's gonna that's mm. gonna hurt. Uh, Cam Munster, he's you reckon he's a hundred percent? is he hundred percent gonna play? I don't think I don't think he's a hundred percent in terms of his uh, his digit, but I think he's a hundred percent going to play. Yes. Okay. Uh, in the forwards, Kamakamika and Christian Welch. Uh, Front row, Harry Grant, our old friend at Hooker. Got our, we loved Harry Grant for that year, Gobs. Uh, Trent uh, Lolero, is that how you pronounce Liero. it? Liero. Yeah. Alisa uh, Katoa and Josh King is at lock on the bench. Tyron Wishart, uh, Alec McDonald, Tarek Sims. Is Tarek Sims the one, which Sims brother was it that kicked? We talked about this at the Newcastle game. Which Sims was it that kicked the football at... Uh, who was our winger? Um, who was our winger at the time? When Rankin. we played against the Knights, Rankin. Rankin, Jordan Rankin, kicked the ball, which made him drop the ball. Which which Sims is it? Is it was it Tarek? Uh, was, it's was pro- it it's probably Tarek. Yeah, I'll never forgive him for that. I'll never you forgive the referee for not pulling that. Was on the wing? Was Rankin playing? It was Rankin that dropped it. I'm pretty oh. sure it was Rankin that dropped it. Yeah. He wasn't playing hooker, was he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Bronson Garlic uh, makes up the uh, the bench as of the uh, of that squad. It um, as always, it's a strong one for Melbourne. Where where do you see them punishing us? Um, well, even if he is underdone, Munster is probably the number one danger man. Uh, we've all seen what he's capable of with or without Hughes and Pappenhausen. He's an absolute weapon um, in the halves for them. And Harry Grant, well, he knows our systems. Well, what our system used to be when he played for us for 
15, probably changed 16. six times. <laughs> 15, 16 really good weeks. Um, Christian Welch as well, he did the, his ACL in that round one game against us last year, and I think he's going to be a danger man because he's going to want to get through this game um, a lot better than he did that one. So those are probably the three I'm most concerned about. Uh, about for you, Rob? Look, similar to Aaron, obviously Munster and Grant are, are the obvious standouts. Uh, if I was like trying to play a bit of a tactical coach game, I'd swap our wingers around. I, I think Xavier Coates is just a massive aerial threat, and if Naden's going to be marking him, there's no, no issue in terms of speed, but in terms of height, it's an absolute mismatch. We should be playing Junior Tupu on that side this week, so we counteract that aerial threat. Uh, look, Olam's only just come back. He's a strong runner of the ball, probably one of the best centres in the game. Uh, and I'm thinking Katoa is going to be a bit of a handful. I, I really expected him to have had a try by now, and he just kind of hasn't really settled down in the Storm jersey yet. So um, I think he's a big one. And I just want to ask Gobbs, would would it seem, looking at the... I mean, we haven't got to the reserve list yet, but would Pezzett come in now for Jerome Hughes? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the plan, Rob. So he'll, he'll come straight on and, and, and slot into the halfback role. Yeah, he was pretty impressive last week. What did you think of him? Yeah, confident kid. It, it didn't look like it was on, he was on debut, but majority of the young ones now, the millennials, they uh, they come straight in and they don't have any sort of fear factor at all. So, no, he, he looked like uh, like a seasoned first grader. But um, I thought he didn't overplay his hand. Um, kicking game was strong, got through his tackles, didn't do much wrong. So I think he'll be definitely better for the run. He's not a millennial, Gobbs. As an I, millennials. Millenn- <laughs> I, I hate people that talk about the new generation as millennials millennials are uh 80 i think it's 80 i think you might even slot into millennial two gobs i'm pretty sure it's 80 to 95 are millennials we're gen y millennials these guys are gen z then they're these that's a tiktok bullshit generation we're we're much smarter than gen zers so stop bagging up millennials we're in our 30s we're like we're getting we're like getting Getting old, aren't we, as us, us millennials? So uh, leave us alone. We're 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 getting to a grumpy stage. Not we're not we're not the uh, the annoying early twenties. That's uh, that's Jen said. That's my rant for the week. Uh, right, low oh, mobile cop. God, we haven't even done mobile cop yet. But it's just so uh, entrenched in our discussions tonight. It's awesome. So uh, do you remember? You're obviously a Magpies fan back in the day, Gobs. But do you remember the MLC phones, Sydney Tigers, back in the day? I do. I do. Playing at a Parramatta Stadium. Yeah. So they've now MLC phones are now known as Mobile Corp. Shouts to Stephen, longtime listener of this show and passionate West Tigers fan. Uh, they can assist with anything IT related, and uh, as I just said, in the early days of their business they were a different name they were sponsor of Balmain in 1994 and they say there's a saying in IT there are only two types of companies those who have been hacked and those who will be hacked uh, shouts out what was that company this week uh, latitude finance they got done this week so um, yeah it's a lot of lot of that shit going on at the moment so uh, what can businesses business owners do to protect themselves from Cyber Attack, Mobile Corp is a family-run tech company that supports West Tigers and was even the jersey sponsor back in 2007. Mobile Corp is passionate about helping people uh, protect businesses from cyber threats. For an affordable cyber security solution, go to mobilecorp.com.au. 
Right, lower grades. Uh, so talking some magpies for you now. Gobs, New South Wales Cup. They are playing at 3 p.m. at Lickham Oval on Saturday afternoon. Or oh, might go check that out. Actually, Saturday afternoon. What's the weather meant to be like this weekend? I I, I live uh, not far from Lickham, so I might head over and um, check that out on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Jersey Flag. They're playing down in Melbourne at Comely Banks Recreation Reserve in Victoria. Any idea where that is, Gobs? Comely Banks Recreation Reserve? No, I don't. Um, okay. I'd say that would probably be the western suburbs of Melbourne. So Okay. Yeah. Fitzroy? They're, they're, oh, no, probably a little bit south of Fitzroy. That was, I was, I was a pure guess. I have no idea about the geography. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, more, it's more around... Um, they've got uh, Casey Fields, Broadmeadows... Um, okay. And that resemble that res- resembles more of like a Western Sydney type um, demographic. So okay. A lot of um, a lot of rugby league people out there. A lot of Polynesians, etc. So okay. Love their rugby league. Beautiful. I just know where Phillip Island is and uh, Albert Park, basically the race car track, Sandown. Uh, Magpies Juniors this week. The Harold Mats are at ten a.m. SG Ball eleven thirty a.m. They are playing Saturday. At Campbelltown, out in MacArthur, so get out and support the Maggies Juniors. On the other side, Balmain Juniors, uh, they're split up. So uh, Harold Matts are playing at uh, Maury Breen Oval, Central Coast. They take the kids to uh, Pizza Hut, Lake Haven. And the uh, SG Ball are playing at said uh, Comely Banks Recreation Reserve in Victoria. So... That's pretty weird that obviously the Storm don't have a Harold Matz side. I assume that's why. Um, they must not yet. Not yet, okay. So no, that good. comes into that comes into effect next year. Beautiful. Cool. That's good, yeah. That's Getting Victorians yeah, that's into footy their, awesome. Yeah, very much so. So that's a part of their um their their commitment now to developing or trying to increase the development of retaining uh juniors mm. um in Victoria. Uh, they've had a lot of a lot of 15, 16-year-olds that have actually left the state uh, to go to New South Wales and Queensland because they didn't find a direct pathway to to first grade with the Storm. Um, and so there's there's been sort of a, a recalibration in terms of the junior structure, junior representative structure down there, and they had to apply to the New South Wales Rugby League about, um, about fielding a, a, a Harold Matthews and an SG ball team. And... This year they've got an SG ball team for the first time. Uh, for I think it's the second year in a row now. Okay. Um, they've they've always had the Victorian Thunderbolts that have the uh, yeah uh, the jersey flag, but they've actually rebranded to the Melbourne Storm too to have that sort of alignment, the pathway alignment. So if you're a kid coming through and you are uh, you're fortunate enough to to make the Harold Matthews or the SG ball or the jersey flag. You can start to see the alignment all the way up to first grade now, which is so important. The Thunderbolts were out of Gosford one stage, weren't they? Oh, this is going back years ago. So uh, there was there was a relationship with um, the Central Coast. Yeah. Um, the Storm had a feeder Central, Central, Central Coast Central Storm. Coast. Yes, Central Coast Storm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then they they had a, they had a bit of a uh, a rendezvous with the Sharks there for a little bit as well, hmm. uh, but then they. Um, they directed their their senior feeders to the 
the uh, the host bus cup as it's now known with the in the QRL with um, the Brisbane East Tigers and uh, the Sunshine Coast Falcons where they've got uh, two Storm Academies up there as well. Uh, on to our women's, they're both at Campbelltown too. So four games. Uh, so you got Magpies Juniors and then the girls Tasha Gale at one p.m. Harvey Norman women's at two thirty. So four games back to back to back to back to back at uh, yeah out at Campbelltown. So get out and support the boys and the girls. Righto, Rob Shadarmas time. Uh, Shane's asked Gobs. We're getting so many nice comments about you. Tonight, Gobbs. Uh, he'd like to know what who you reckon would be a fair swap for Noffa. Who would you, who would you give up? Oh, George Jennings. <clears throat> We've already had a Jennings. We we don't need a second one. <laughs> we're we're a one Jennings club. Uh, obviously, not getting the uh, one Jennings club. Yeah, some of the storm. They're, they've they've actually got one too many at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we know that pain. All right, Rob Stradamus. Uh, sorry, Gobs. Just another quick question for you about your youngsters in the squad. In the squad, um, who yes. do you think shows the most promise? So, out of your youngsters slash your more inexperienced guys, so you've got Warbrick, Liero, uh, mm. Katoa, King, Wishart, and Pezzet. Yeah, look, I think the obvious one, what everyone would probably say, um, Jonah Pezzett, purely the fact on the under-19s New South Wales, sort of the heroics last year where he got man of the match um, in in a commanding victory for New South Wales. But personally, I, I, I won't go down that route. I'll, I'll, I'll probably look at someone like, I've got a big rap on uh, Trent Liero. Um, there was a reason why... There was a reason why the Storm made the difficult decision to sort of part ways with the Bromwich brothers and Kafusi because when you've got someone like Trent Vieira coming through, which is who's going to be around for the next 10 years and whose best football is in front of him, um, they made the, the decision to start investing and having that transition uh, for a younger sort of age uh, back row. And he's a big body. He's got good footwork. He's got plenty of speed, bit of skill. I think the upside... I don't think we've seen the best of him yet, and that's purely the fact that the injuries at the moment on that left edge hasn't allowed him to sort of thrive and flourish. Uh, you think about the the great sort of left edge back rolls over the years that the Storm have had in Ryan Hoffman and and more in recent times Kenny Bromwich. Uh, I think he he potentially could have the same sort of career uh, on that left edge for the Storm. Uh, and again, it really comes down to that sort of building that cohesion. With Munster on that left edge, Olam outside him, and Coates on that wing, and I think the more game time that they they have, I think you'll start to see um, the green shoots that Trent Lieras promised and has shown coming through when he was identified as a uh, as a promising uh, pathways development junior coming through the Sunshine Coast Academy at the Storm. So I I've got a big rap on Trent Liero. Um Sua Fayalongal as well, I think, um, who sort of set the, the NRL trials a lot with his form. Um, he's on a development contract at the moment, um, which means that he's actually not eligible to play until round 11 under the mm-hmm. current policy of development contract players at NRL clubs. Um, I know the Storm have sought special dispensation to start selecting players outside the top 30 because of their massive injury toll. Um, 
and it's 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 odd that he finds himself on the extended bench. So unless I mean they haven't made it known, and I'm I'm only spitballing here, but I can't see a development player being selected on an extended bench if they're not a part of the top thirty. So to me, that says potentially they have got that dispensation to use him if they if they want to. Um, does that think? Do I think he'll run out this weekend? No, I don't. Uh, but in saying that, he must be getting close to a debut, especially as, as these injuries continues. These injuries continue to mount for the Storm, especially in the outside backs. I mean, we're copying him in the in in the forwards as well. But um, I, I, I'm I'm I think Belliac's always going to go with the experience, so I can't see him uh, moving Meany to the wing. Uh, to accommodate uh, an exciting young story far longer. But um, may- maybe in a few weeks' time when the situation might be a little bit dire, um, who knows? He, he may-, may find himself there. But there's a lot of, a lot of big raps on, on-, on far longer. Again, he's another Melbourne Storm, uh, Victorian born and bred junior. Um, so there's another one coming through the, the system there, which is, which is great. Um, so, like young Tonamapia, Mahe Fanua, um, Richie Kenner, uh, Fanua Polly, etc. Uh, um, they're they're starting to come through, um, which is good. Um, we just need to see a lot more of them. And again, to what you were saying before, Josh, about the Harold Matthews, um, the sooner the Melbourne Storm getting a, a, a Harold Matthews team up and running, which is going to come into effect in twenty twenty four. You'll start to you'll start to slowly see more players start to be churned out of of the Melbourne and the Victorian landscape, which is a great mm. thing to see, as opposed to having the sort of the development players that come through the Queensland sort of academies that they've got there. So slowly but surely, um, whenever you go down to um, aerial ping pong land in in Victoria, mm-hmm. you're always up against it, but they're they're really, really starting to create a niche down there, and you know there there are well over six thousand juniors there now. That's um, awesome. There's eight, re- yeah. There's eight regional clubs. So when I say regional, they're they're actually outside of metropolitan Melbourne. So you're talking about Ballarat and Bendigo and Geelong. Um, so they they've even started to get rugby league going outside of the Melbourne area, which I think's um, a very, very important thing for the prosperity of rugby league and the growth of rugby league in, in Victoria as, as a state. So, again, uh, Aaron, to your point, um, yeah, Trap the Arrow and and probably Sua Fayalonga would probably be the two that I look at um, as as great um, great players with potential that could really go on to forge great careers at the Storm and hopefully for a long time to come. Uh, yeah, maybe we can pinch some juniors back off you. That'll be the day, hey? Uh, <laughs> Rob Sadamas, your bet of this week. Run us through it, and then we'll get in our tips. Um, it's been a bit of a long one. We tried to do an hour. We just had such great discussions tonight. We've uh, run long. I'm sorry to uh, anyone who, yeah, who's staying up late. But um, Look, I've kept you simple this week, Josh. Um, there are eight games. I think seven of them... A real not toss of the coin jobs, but there's some really yeah it's tough tipping. Games, tough choices, and to me this game isn't a tough choice. I think Brisbane are, are, like as long as they hold um, the Dolphins in the forwards, they'll get away with this easily. 
uh, especially if the weather's like pretty dry. I just think they've got way too much class in the backs. Um, the Dolphins' left edge has been pretty poor, so I would go to keep it simple. Brisbane win, Cobo and Stags to score tries, but you could probably throw in Reese Walsh, who's on fire, Herbie Farnworth, uh, Ezra Mann's always good for a try. So they, look, they've got plenty of try scorers there, but I'm just going to tip those three in the same game multi because I just think the other games, the other seven games, I haven't really tipped with much confidence at all. Um, but, you know, we should get a little bit more of a guide to how they're all travelling after this week and, and be a bit more confident with our tips in coming weeks. Uh, we'll get on to our tips now. I actually updated... I realised this week that I'm actually tied first in our uh, Patreon tipping comp, so I decided I might as well put our current scores up <laughs> on the graphic. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm on 14. Oh, seriously now. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, that's what it is. Uh, first game, Parramatta Penrith. Rob, Rob, you and I tipped exactly the same. I didn't copy you. I literally did my tips Tuesday night, and you sent me yours and did the exact same. Uh, as you're going, Penny Panthers. I am. Yep. They're, I mean, they're hot favourites, but like Rob said, like I reckon there's some. If you put money on every underdog this weekend, I reckon it wouldn't be a bad, such a bad bet. Uh, a chance of golden point, surely. But I'll tell you what, if you. They think Tigers fans are upset. What about Parramatta fans? So this is the second week in a row they're playing a team coming off the bye. And then mm. next week they play the Roosters who are coming off the bye. So they're not really having much luck. They're facing three, fresh, they get the... three yeah. fresh teams in a row. But I figure if they don't win to, you know, this week, they're never going to win. So I've, I've Do we want them to keep them. losing until they play us? We don't want them to get uh, like confidence playing against us. If you're a true believer and somehow you think the Tigers are going to make the eight, you've got to assume Penrith are already in the eight and Parramatta have started 0-3 like us. So mm. I think we want Penrith to win as Tigers fans. Mm. What's your tip for this one, Gobbs, just quickly? I think Panthers would be too strong. Okay. Uh, we've all gone Storm over the Tigers. Gobbs, you probably agree with that one. Storm 1-12. to Okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um... Yeah, a close one. Look, I think uh, with our full pack, yeah, a close weekend. What's the... We're playing $3.50. The line is 9.5. So, yeah, 9.5, maybe. Um, uh, what's the weather meant to be like down in Melbourne, Gobs? Do you know? Oh, like it always is down there. Beautiful, sunny, 23 degrees, <laughs> lots of sunshine, <laughs> hardly any wind. So, no, it's probably miserable. And what about the hour after that? So, oh yeah, well, exactly <laughs> right. So it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be spring by kickoff, and uh, by the end of the game, it'll be it'll be winter. Winter, yeah. Uh, we've all gone Broncos against the Dolphins. That was obviously Rob's tip of the week for you. Gobs yeah. the same. I yeah, I concur. I think the Broncos would be too strong, especially on the Cal back of Reese Lightning. Hmm. Uh. Cowboys at home over the Titans. We've all gone Cowboys. Um, would you say the same, Gobbs? Yeah, I want to see more out of them defensively this week. Yeah, I think they've got problems, guys. They're, they're, they're missing a couple of players and they're, mm. they're attack struggling. They're like In three weeks, I think they've scored 19, 18 and 16. And mm. I think last week when they lost to New Zealand, they didn't score after the 14th minute. The the, the the Titans are a softer team, but they got more points. And the Cowboys are a tougher. Yeah, I agree. The, the Cowboys are a tougher team and probably tactically way better, but they're just struggling for points. So this is another one that should go down to the wire. 
can we get Todd Payton sacked? Get him to come coach us. Thank uh, you. Yes. Be nice. Rabbit, we've all gone Rabbitohs over Manly at home. Uh, yeah, Rabbitohs, one of the best teams in the comp. Probably in not. High scoring but, game. Very high scoring game. Um, yeah, that should be a pretty entertaining one. Who's who you got in that one, Gobbs? For sed- for sediment reasons alone, I'm going to tip South Sydney, but I'm a little bit worried with the outs of uh, Hamasele and Junior Totola and Joy Arrow still missing. I think they're a little bit light in the middle um, and on the bench. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Silver Tails actually get get up and win this. Um, mm. And again, in a very high high scoring game. Um, look, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna back. I'm going to back South Sydney, but not with a, a great deal of confidence. I just think I think emotion and sentiment might just get them over with um, them playing for John Sattler. So, but it wouldn't surprise me to see the dirty rotten silver tails get the biscuits. This was a tough one to pick. Warriors at home against doggies. Rob and I have gone Warriors as you've gone doggies. Yeah, I want to see a bit more consistency from the Warriors. They had a really good win against the Cowboys last week, but I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too confident in them yet. I, I had them tipped pretty low on the ladder, so I'm backing the doggies purely because I, I um, well, the dogs are coming off two wins in a row. So, yeah, I, I'm giving them a bit of an edge in this one. Which way are you going, Gobs? I'm going to go the Warriors. Uh, I think it's their first home game at Mount Smart Stadium as well in Auckland because they took their first game to Wellington. Um, mm. They got the they got the win there against the Knights and um, their game against the Cowboys on the weekend. I'll take a lot of confidence out of that. It's probably the best game of football I've seen Sean Johnson play in a number of years as well. Agreed. Um, so he, he wasn't playing in the dinner suit. He was actually getting rolling the sleeves up and, and and digging into the line. I haven't seen it for a long period of time, and I thought his kicking game was on point too. So I like the look of their forward pack too. I think Barnett's brought brought something to them. He's brought great uh, name. A little, a little, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Any, any relation, Josh? Uh, do I look like a, a ginger? Actually, my Barnett relatives are a bit ginger. He does <laughs> look, yeah. he does, he does actually look a little bit like my cousin. Um, oh, there you go. Who is a little bit ginger as well? Yeah, maybe, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the Barnets are all it's tiger blood in our Barnets, but. Um, the, the thing I remember about him is he got in a punch-on when he was in the Holden Cup for the Raiders. He got in a big punch-up with, who was it? Someone, it was that Campbelltown. I'm trying to think who, might have been Nathan Brown. Yeah, it was, it, I remember, the under-20s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll never forget that. And I thought, oh, this Barnett guy is uh, also a psycho. Uh, on to the Raiders and Knights. Oh man, this is I I'm second guessing every one of my tips in this. Uh mm. Knights are at home against the Raiders, both not great form. We've all gone Raiders. Um Rob. I, I just think they're a little bit tougher, guys. I mean if, mm. if Newcastle trot out that team they've got, then the forward pack is enough to hold them. Uh the worry with the Raiders, they're great from their own try line to the red zone. Once they get in the red zone, they're a bit like us. But I just think they'll be a little bit too strong for the Knights, who who will probably not start the way they've been named. And Sharkies, we've all gone Sharkies over Dragons. Dragons, we really, we're probably going to be fighting the Dragons 
for the wooden spoon this year. I can't wait for our buy so we can uh, equal them on, on points. Drag uh, Sharkies for you on this one, Gobs. Yeah, I think with Nico Hines returning, um, that'll definitely hmm. um, improve them, improve them a lot. So, uh, although it is at Cobra and it is a uh, supposed local derby, if you could call it that, even though they're a joint venture club and they like to completely ignore the Illawarra Steelers part of their history, um, but that's that's a conversation. That's a, that's a conversation for another, for another podcast. They're technically closest to Illawarra, though, too. Mm, well, they're Campbelltown. Exactly. And that's where, uh, and that's where they're based. Yeah. yeah. So, so no, kind of, I'll, go kind of is. I'll, go, I'll go the Sharks with the Nico Hines factor. Uh, Patreon questions. Guys, we've run so long. We'll save your questions. I will read Gussie's. Gussie said, would it be worth 10 minutes in the bin throw a punch at Munster's fingers? Maybe a head button to claim an eye gouge. <laughs> Um, Brock is asking who should be CEO. Maybe Monday. We'll yeah, we'll talk about that on Monday. Save that <laughs> one. Um, and then Tiger twenty four seven. Oh, he was just backing up Gussie's uh, dirty, dirty tactic ploy. So, um, oh, shouts to so Shane joined Chang Coet. Let let me know how to pronounce your name properly, Shane. He joined this week. Now, we have tiers in the Patreon, um, so different levels with different benefits. He joined, he became a Benji Marshall member, so I named them after West Tigers players. And with a Benji Marshall membership, uh, he pays a little bit more. He gets a rant every single um, episode, and there's only a maximum of a few uh, five spots, I think, of that. So I'll read out Chain's little rant to finish the show tonight so he said hi guys glad to finally join the patreon as a benji member like everyone i'm disappointed but not surprised as to where we are after three rounds i've been saying for years that sooner this club moves on from 2005 the better in my opinion the last thing we needed was to re-employ sheens a man that far exceeded his use by date with us many years ago and as a parting gift sued us i also feel the same way about benji in my opinion after so many years of below average performances we should not have rolled the dice and with someone that has never coached before i can't see him being ready in the last two years did we even approach someone like flanagan i guess it's just classic west tigers lastly if we do not start performing. I can see there being more people in our coaching box than in the stands, Shane. Uh, Rob, this wasn't written by you. This was written by Shane. I promise to everyone. It's not my alter ego. Look, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to bag Benji, but look, you, you've got to have some guys that do their apprenticeship in terms of coaching. Um, funny enough, we've mentioned... Oh, you see the comments. I pronounced it correctly. Okay, good Beautiful. stuff. Um, Thanks, Shane. I did mention last year, if I was ever going to get a coach that had never coached before... It'll be Cooper Cronk. But, yeah, look, we're, we're, we are where we are now. We've just got to give it a go. Officially, Tim Sheens is a coach. So let's let's bag Tim Sheens and let's... <laughs> this, is what I, this is what I don't like about having the legends there because I, I, we don't know what they're doing. I don't know... I don't know if Benji's running... I mean, I've been told Robbie and Benji do our yardage attack and get us into the red zone, but apparently Sheens is in charge of that red zone attack. We haven't scored from one block. Oh, my God. Guys. We have we have not scored from one block play at all. So you okay? No, it just sound, that just that sounds so complicated. I don't know why no, it's we just. True. We, have, we yeah. haven't scored from one block play. We've hardly scored yeah. a try. You look at look at. No, our I meant drive. the. Yeah. You look the at coaching drive. setup. Yeah, like the first two games, we've literally hardly scored. Like Kieran four and flew out of the line. Adam scored. Adam put on a nice pass for for Dane. I don't even know if they had twelve or thirteen men at the time because Dominic Young was in the bin. 
look at our tries, you know, the, the week after, week before that. It's just we're just struggling, guys. We were told we we're going to have this brand new attacking style, and it's not there yet. So if we're going to have a win Friday night, guys, I think it's going to be need to be like a 19, 18 sort of scoreline because, as you know, Gobbs agreed with us. Our forward pack is mad. Like we've got a great pack. Where the points yeah. are going to come from? Let's hope Brandon Wake, Brandon Wake is that spark. But yeah, I, I've got to, I've got to see more. I just got to see more before I start believing in this club again. But we, we've never needed a win more than this week. Uh, shout out to our Patreon guys, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. Uh, love yous all. Uh, we'll review this show Monday night. Hopefully, it's a win. Sorry, Gobs, but we need something. We need something good to talk about for once. We need some positivity. It's been, it's been a minute. So, uh, yeah, really, really thankful for you coming on. We only, you only, uh, we only organized this last night for you to come on tonight. We really, really appreciate it. And I think, Judging by the comments and how many people we had watching, literally hundreds, hundreds of people watching for um, well, well over a hundred, uh, ninety minutes. So, thank you so much. It was a great discussion beyond Melbourne Storm. Your knowledge of West obviously is, um, yeah, second to none. So, really thankful for coming on. No, thank you. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. It's been a uh, a thoroughly enjoyable discussion with all three of you and um, yeah no, I really appreciate it and um, when the, the conversation does come up next week for you guys in terms of who, would, who do you want to be CEO uh, just <laughs> tell me where I can send my CV Are you a seven year West Ashfield member Gobbs? I, I am Okay well you, you get your ticket ready mate and I'll, I'll back you we need someone with some <laughs> rugby, league, rugby league IQ on the board mate because we're really struggling for that yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I hear you loud and clear, Rob. But, but you'll have to denounce your Melbourne Storm love, okay? So <laughs> <laughs> that, that can that can just stay between us and uh and the listeners. Yeah, we can't have a double agent, mate. You gotta be Speaking your- of which <laughs> Gobs, give give your stuff a plug before we go. Yeah, well, uh for anyone that's interested in um in in listening to anything Melbourne Storm related or or just want to listen to a podcast to, to kill time. Um, my podcast is Stormcast with Gobs um, and it's available on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. So Stormcast with Gobs. Beautiful. Anything else before we hit say goodnight to the big dog? No, I just want to tell Gobs to stay. When we say goodbye, stay on the line because we can still chat. Just want to have a quick chat with you. Cheers. Yep. Get your autograph maybe as well. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> right, boys, and everyone in the comments, you know how we finish every episode and 6 p.m. on Friday night. As always, boys, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash westlifepod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast.